We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. And by the way, this is not like a conversation that you're sitting at the table with like papers and 401k forms and calculators. And like, this is not school. You can get a glass of wine. You say, hey, baby, like, what are your financial goals? Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke, who is across the pond. Allie, we're hanging on by a thread, man. I, girl, we can just call it out. How are we doing? We're not good. We've got we've got COVID over here in the I'm U.S. I'm so sorry. Tell me what's how what happened. Atlantic City happened, my friend. Yeah, Atlantic City enough. happened. This is the first time I've ever had it. I'm still knock on everything, untouched, untouched by the plague. The plague. I like thought. Book about the plague, actually. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, apologies in advance to the listeners for. I will try to mute myself when I'm coughing, but no promises. Um. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. But you were living your best horse girl life. Tell me everything about your trip. I am. My legs are like really unwell <laughs> like oh, you no. I am I am fully as sore as you think I am like imagine it and like that it's that um yeah today did me in I'm yeah so speaking of that actually I have not yet gotten to experience the joy of the Sunset Lake CBD is it salve or salve I think it's like salve technically right Great question. I've always said salve, but you you might be right. I don't know. Because somebody once corrected me when I said rosebud salve. Do you remember that like popular lip balm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody was like, it's rosebud salve. And I was like, oh, okay. So who knows? Whatever it is. I could really use some to cure my aches and pains. And it's funny because I was like too nervous to cross countries with CBD just because I wasn't sure what the vibe check was over here. Apparently Um, it's totally fine. I've actually been pushing sunset lake cbd i hope they ship over here because i've told several people about <laughs> it in the uk but anyway i really wish i had that sap right now it's all i have to say it it truly is a joy i used it when i got home from atlantic city so i played a beach volleyball tournament and i used it when i got home and then i have been incredibly tired since then enter narrator she had covid right and so i have been like you know when you're too tired to fall asleep? Has yeah, that ever happened I think, to you? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get I like get so that. tired that I'm like, oh my God, I have to sleep. And then I get nervous that I'm oh, not going to sure. sleep. That happens to me when I know that I have very few hours to sleep. Yes. And then yes. you start counting down how little t- – you're like, oh shit, yeah. now it's only four hours. Like, oh yep. shit, now – yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I have been using my Sunset Lake sleep gummies – 
to combat that for the last few days. That's good. Um, so yeah, hopefully they they ship over there. Um, yeah. I hope they should ship everywhere because they're amazing. Yeah. And if you want to try out Sunset Lake, you can go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use our coupon code, which is FMH2020, to get 20% off of your order. Go forth. Yeah. And I also want to mention, because somebody asked me this in my DM the other day, you can use that code over and over and over again. Yes, I use it. Yes. <laughs> On the right. Over and over again. So go they forth. They a nice handwritten note. It's very they sweet. do write the cutest little notes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, so soreness tell aside. Me, yeah. Tell me more. What's going on over there? a great time. Um, no, it's really so fun. The landscape. So it was something I was like expecting, but I don't think that my, my expectations were lower than reality. I think where the landscape in Ireland, in the non cities is otherworldly. It is so cool. It it looks like a dream. Yeah. In your, in your Instagram and it's just been really like pleasant and it's funny like i've so my first day was just me and the guide and that was um on the farm where they like match you with a horse that they think is appropriate for your level yeah and they take you around and they were excited because i knew how to ride and so like right off the bat they were like let's start doing some cross-country jumping and i was like oh um it's like been a minute like okay and so i think i flew too close to the sun starting day one but it was very very fun And then day two is when I started linking up with more people just sort of like based on the scheduling. So, um, I like was on, I was on like the exact same cadence with four people, a married couple from England who I'm like obsessed with. And then a mother daughter who I could kill. Oh no. Yeah. And then why? Like what, what was the, what was the vibe? So the mom, the daughter was fine. She was an innocent, um, (laughs) How, mom, how old is she? Is she a child? No, no, no. 31. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. The mom needed the last word in every scenario. Ugh. And it was always like a really pointless, not value add. And so I actually made some of them a drinking game. One of which was that she was going to mention that she didn't have her phone on her. And she was like obsessed with the fact that she was not using, that she was declining the roaming charges. She's unplugged. Yeah. And um, so she was absolutely, and everything she said to me was objectively, if you just looked at the words on a page neutral, but it was an, it was, it was an insult. <laughs> like I was like, I, th- these are insulting things that you're saying to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I've like, been there. Yeah, but it was, like, very weird. So, uh, like, a perfect example is, um, so we would ride together and then we would go out, we would go home, clean up, decompress for a couple hours at at the B&Bs we were staying at, and then we would all go out to dinner together. And we convened outside the B&B yesterday, and I was wearing, I I only brought a select amount of stuff, as people know, as I've posted about. And the only kind of like nicer pair of shoes I brought were these black, are these black sandals, but they're like heavy sandals. They're Birkenstock style, but they're not Birkenstocks. Okay. And I I walk outside and it's like 
it's we've been I, I cannot tell you how lucky we've been with weather it's been glorious like oh. none of kind of like the Irish pouring written none, yeah. none of that it's been amazing and so I've been like very like today I wrote in just a button up like I'm it's really nice wow. whatever I walk outside and she goes oh open-toed shoes oh god and I'm like uh-huh. yeah and 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 she goes oh I mean I only brought clothes to Oh, okay. and I, I, exactly. I, all of it is like these strange statements where I'm not entirely sure how she wants me to react or like what to do with the information. Right. What are you supposed to say to that? Okay. No Thank you for letting me know your packing strategy. Yeah, totally. And um, I like really did not. I like very much. I was like pretty. I was actually like pretty. I've been like weirdly quiet for me throughout this. I've and yeah. that actually kind of like ties in where like there were several points on this where the guides have been like, "Work, are you okay? Like, are you having fun?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, I'm just enjoying like being quiet and enjoying the atmosphere. Like, let Taking me. I just like, want to be quiet. <laughs> and so I feel like I've like not really been talking like <laughs> speaking that much. And um. So that's why I actually really liked it when people linked up with me because my first day with the guide, I felt very obligated to keep up conversation for the six hours yeah. of the of the ride. That is and a long time to talk to one person, particularly a, long a stranger. Time. Yes. And um there were some awkward moments, including where he asked if it would be okay if he sang to me and I didn't know how to say no. Did you say no? What did you say? I was like, sure. What did he sing? Some traditional Irish music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was it good? I mean, I don't know, Allie. What's good? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a one for the ages. Um, it was charming in a way. Like, you know, it like it, it was about, you know, it, it, there's it, it's, it rhymed. I don't know. Anyway. Um and um but no, I've so anyway, like I said, like I've been pretty quiet actually. Like I've been really enjoying hearing like stories from these other people and like about their lives and like asking, like asking questions, but like I've been pretty quiet and it's just like very interesting where, so the the mom, for example, has taken insane authority positions on like horseback riding where I'm like, Oh, I have ridden much more than you. Like you are so incorrect about this, but like, I just, I'm like, I'm not going to bother. I don't care. Like it's not worth it. No, because even if you did like, She's going to find some way, that kind of person is going to yes. find some way to still have the last word or authority or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, so her mentioning she didn't have her phone, um, her partner, Wayne, um, whenever she brought up him, take a drink. Um, so I, anyway, I had like various things where I was just like- You should have made a bingo card. Getting like blackout on <laughs> red wine at dinner. But no, I'm kidding. I was not. Um, but you know, it was really fun. The married couple from London were- delightful i was obsessed with them and then most kind of interestingly she was not staying with us at the bnb she was like at her she was kind of doing her own thing but we were riding with her was a sex therapist from holland oh she was incredible like should we have her on the pod boss i mean i don't know that i i don't know that she'd be like down um she's in her 60s single like goes on incredible solo vacations and kind of hilariously she also so i i was getting paired with her for the like for the rides whereas uh-huh. those other four were riding separately which also to me was very funny because i was like 
woman, doesn't that kind of prove that I like I was intentionally separated with this woman because we were the better riders? <laughs> so we got like the th- me and the sex therapist went off with a guide, whereas the other four were like too mixed in skill to like do what we were doing. Get her. So like I, I don't know what to say. The, the, no, the proof she's, is in the pudding. She's not gonna internalize that. No, definitely not. So whatever. Hilariously, the sex therapist, um, like there were various points where I was like taking pictures, you know, whatever. And she mentioned that she did not, she also mentioned, she was like, I didn't bring my phone because I just really like to be present on these trips. Da, da, da. Okay. All well sure. and good. However, she hired a private photographer who was following um, us around and what? making us like redo certain things. So I was like, I don't really know that that counts as being like very present on your vacation when literally we are restaging our riding so that this guy can get a shot. Is this a reality show? It was ridiculous. He goes, okay, we're going to do some drone footage. Like, let me get, it was wild. However, I am very excited that I got looped in with her because I am getting a fuck ton of free photos and shit coming down the pike. Wow. So is she going to like send you all the footage and stuff? Apparently, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that should be very funny. But um, but yeah, she was absolutely hysterical and um, was telling me about other kind of like awesome like horseback. She was like, if you like this, here are some other amazing horses. She did a horseback safari in South Africa, which sounds absolutely insane. Um, wow. Yeah. And like, she was just like telling me about all these other trips she's done and about her work and like Holland. And she just like has this, like, I'm in awe of her. I'm obsessed with her. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, very good. I'm now on, I'm very happy with how I planned the trip. Uh I did three days of six hours a day, like intense horseback riding today. Um, I like transfer that was like with this one barn farm like organizing facility and uh-huh. now i've transferred to this other like estate and so i did like an estate it's that it's an it's like this castle estate on a thousand acres so it's like plenty big we did like an estate ride today beautiful just kind of like you know cantering and exploring the you know facilities or whatever and then i decided i was like you know what like i'm going to just like call it today and tomorrow do like spa stuff instead of ride. And I am so glad I made that call. I'm having like difficulty. This is like ties into our sunset lake ad that like that was not hyperbole. I'm like having difficulty walking today. Oh no. So like my inner, th- like my inner thighs are really unwell. Uh, my friends were teasing me though. They were like, Oh, cause my horse, I love it when animals have human names. My first horse was named Vinny. My horse at the estate is called Russell. And so they're like, Rourke, you're just getting like wrecked by Vinny and Russell. And like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't walk. Cause like Russell was between your legs all day. <laughs> anyway really not funny terribly juvenile but anyway um yeah it's really good and i've like been thinking about like a lot of i don't know you like reflect a lot on solo travel i think um i think i'll save some of the that's i'll save some of the internal thoughts for patreon um because it deals with you know friends yeah so my that was my next question what are you how are you feeling about solo travel oh super positive i really like i do really like like the meeting other people so in a way like 
I like the non-solo piece of it where yeah. I've met these other random people where like the mother and daughter are from Canada, the, you know, the woman's from Holland, the couple is from England. Like I'm the only American in like every scenario. And like, not that that like matters per se, but like it's people I never would have met otherwise. And it's, totally. it's really, really like that piece is really, really cool. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like, it's nice. There've been some moments where like, like something went wrong where I was like, Ooh, I really wish I had another person to bounce solving this off of mm-hmm. um, to like figure out what to do right now. Then it, you know, I figured it out. And then also like, I like having like full control over my schedule and like, I'm reading a shit ton. Like I wanted to go to this like restaurant in London and I didn't make a reservation and I got there. They're like, it's going to be like an hour and 15 minute wait. And I was like, okay, I have a book. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And um, I've just been like, hanging it's great yeah big fan that's awesome i'm so glad you're having a good experience yeah how was atlantic city pre-covid atlantic city was amazing we did not know that we were getting covid at the time i say we no it's just is. me at this no point. one ever knows yeah um it was super fun so we went down there for it was a beach volleyball tournament it's a beach volleyball tournament that i used to play in a lot and i haven't played it in years and Cindy and I took third in our division, which was Amazing. super exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We were like, we've never played a beach volleyball tournament together. Oh, I didn't realize that. Only yeah, grass? only grass and indoor. Um, and neither of us had played in a beach tournament in like years and years and years. And, and just... so we did not know what to expect. We were just trying to like knock it our asses handed to us, frankly. Yeah. And we didn't. We took third. It That's was exciting. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, we, we won um, beach blankets. I did see that. Yeah, so that was fun. And uh, we were – I really want to remember that we liked it because, like, I want to play more. The thing with beach is it's just, like, it requires a lot more cardiovascular health mm. than either of us were prepared for. Well, because you're, like, pushing out of sand. That's a much yeah. different proposition. Very different. And so that's the reason, ultimately, that we lost. We just, like, gassed out. Um, but it was super fun. And so we had gone out the night. We went out when we got there on Friday night, went to like this like live music thing at the Hard Rock, um, and then spent all day at the beach. And then we went out to dinner, had like a big family dinner. There were like eight or 10 of us down there together. Um, had a big family dinner, went out again. And it was just like a very fun weekend that has turned into a not so fun week. Yeah. Um, but I did have a date last night. Yeah. I saw on TikTok there was a, was there, it was a, was it a coffee date? It was a coffee date. Okay. Yes. Um, and now I have, I had to send the dreaded text message that I had never had to send before that I exposed him to COVID unknowingly. Yeah. I mean, well, that's one way to like get the ball rolling again. Yeah. Right. I was like, and he, he is moving today. So I just like really, really hope that he does not get it yeah. because he's moving and like that would just really suck. Um, anyway, this is the guy that had gone out of town and then for like three or four weeks. Yes. So he came back, followed up, and he's not drinking right now, which is why we did the coffee date. Mm-hmm. And it was great. We got coffee. We walked around Prospect Park. It was a beautiful night. Um, it was like really easy conversation He's in the process of moving and was, like, just, like, looking at the rental market and stuff. So we were, like, bonding a lot about, like, the real estate market. Is he moving within New York? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Brooklyn to Brooklyn. Got it. Um, just like a different neighborhood. And um, yeah, so it was great. We talked we actually talked a lot about Finding Mr. Height and the podcast and stuff. I didn't tell him the name. He didn't ask. Um but what it was good. About it? Well, he was just he was just talking about he was asking about my new place and like what I was most excited for. And I told him the thing I'm most excited for is to have a content studio. Um, and I said, you know, I have a side business and like right now I kind of like film in random places and like record on my couch or like in a corner and like I don't really have a mirror. Like it's like very scrappy. And so I'm excited to have like a one-stop shop for filming. And so then that's how we started talking about it. And then he was like really interested and in, in invested, which was cool. That's great. So do is he – do we like him enough for a second date? Yeah, I would say so. Great. Assuming he's not too angry about the whole COVID exposure thing. I mean, not it's, it's not my fault, obviously. Just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and also like, please, in this life, bound to happen. Um, yeah. Did he respond to the text? No. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it was – I mean, today, we're still on the same calendar day. Um, so we shall see. Um, but then – related to that i was supposed to have another date tonight that i had to cancel which is a bummer yes that yeah so i have another matchmaker date coming up oh that's right you sent me his profile i did so are you excited about him i'm really i'm really excited about him we're gonna call him the nomad okay um and I'm really excited. I'm so bummed that I had to cancel. Like, obviously had to. No choice. But, like... Yeah, definitely. He was super cool about it. He was actually, like, very funny. He, like... I told him what happened. He was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Like, how are you feeling? That really sucks. And then, you know, I told him. And then he goes, you know, there are easier ways to get out of a date. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. And then, I was, and then I was like, Good I know. Me. Yeah, crazy as a hero. And then I was like, I know. But, like, go big or go home, right? And then he said... Sounds like you chose to go home. Very true. (laughs) I was like, well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, I like that that he can banter. Yeah. Um, So I'm bummed that I had to postpone it, but we will obviously still go out. Not, you know, but it just stinks. And now I'm looking at many a day alone in my little apartment. So. Mm -hmm. Well, COVID isolation. Here you go. Yes. Indeed. Um, so yeah. So then there, that's that, and uh, I am very exci- I am very excited to go out with him, though. He, uh, my matchmaker, referred to him as a gem. Always a good. Always that. That's like a good. I like that. I like that as a descriptor. Yeah, me too. In particular, yeah, yeah, and like the things that she had to say about him. Like I'll talk more about it probably when we the next time when we've actually gone out. But like, sure. I really liked the things that she had to say about him, and so I'm I'm uh, excited to see that. In person. Great. Well, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry that I had to – we sort of had a feeling that this might happen last week, but I'm sorry that I had to miss the recording with Nicole. Yeah, we missed you. I know. It's not the same. She seemed, like, so cool. She's super cool, and so that intros us into our segment. We have our second installment of Finances and Dating today, and – we really missed you, and I interviewed um, Nicole Lappin, who um, is the host of the Money Rehab podcast. She's so cool. I also, spoiler alert, want her to come back on the pod for a different topic, right? In the future, 
Oh, um, wait, I found can out I know what topic. What topic? Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I, I found out after we stopped recording. I think it was after we stopped recording. Um, you'll find out when you go back to listen to it that she is engaged to somebody that she met through a matchmaker. That's right. Okay, you texted me that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually the same company that I'm using. Oh my god, cute! Should we all be yeah. so lucky? Um, I know. I was like, from your mouth, right up there. Um, so, and we've gotten so many questions from the listeners about like wanting to know more about the matchmaking process and whatnot. So, for the future, yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, but um, I'm excited for everyone to hear my conversation with Nicole, and um, hope everybody enjoys. Hi, hello. We are back. Breaking news. Breaking news, because as we are wont to do, after we stopped the recording, we typically continue to chit-chat. Yes. And as we were continuing to chit-chat, I received a text from uh, the biker, is what I had called him, um, that I went out with last night. So the good news first, he doesn't seem, at least at the moment, maybe too soon, but he doesn't have any symptoms and he tested negative. So this is good. Yeah. All good. Um, and he doesn't seem to be upset. Solid. Um, yes. However, he's not feeling that romantic spark that he's looking for. Oh, no. What did he say? He said, I had a great time, but I'm not feeling that romantic spark. I'm really impressed with everything you've got going on. I don't want to lead you on and waste your time. Well, he gets the pod. <laughs> he gets the pod. He is in line with our uh, with our value set. There you go. So, oh, well. Indeed. Goodbye, biker. That's fine. It was too similar to the cyclist. He had to go. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Goodbye, biker. And again, hello, Nicole. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah. And they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast, they have on-the-go lunches. If you don't work from home, I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu, and that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. I am back with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hardy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're so pumped to have you. Very sad that Rourke wasn't able to join us. Oh, we'll have to do it again. Yes, absolutely. Because I think based on the number of questions that we got, the listeners are all about this topic. And we like we already did a whole pod on it last week and yet and we knew already we were gonna need part two and with you. And now I'm like, maybe we need part three, part four, part five. Yeah, I'm not surprised. This is the area that a lot of people struggle with because money is so, so taboo and your relationship is, you know, an area that you want to have these conversations but don't know how and don't want a relationship 
by having them. So a lot to dig into. Totally. Um, so before we dig into all of that, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you came to be such a money expert? Who am I? I am the least likely person to be a money expert, actually. I know what it's like to be poor, um, and I know what it's like to be broke and to be in debt. And so that's what you know has motivated me to help other people not make the same mistakes I did. I grew up in an immigrant family, first-generation American, just used cash growing up, uh, had a really broken home and needed to work early in my teens and uh, kind of wanted a job in broadcast news. I went to Northwestern and uh, begged the station chief to give me a job in Milwaukee. Uh, This is for another podcast, but he said, no, you don't get that job, but do you know anything about business news? And I did not, um, but I said, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I said, absolutely. Of course. Of course I do. I know everything about business news. I love it. All day, every day, twice on Sunday. And I faked it till I made it. I really did. And I realized that money is a language like anything else. We just don't have a Rosetta Stone for that language growing up. I mean, my boyfriend in high school said he wanted to be a hedge fund manager. I thought he wanted to be in gardening. So (laughs) I knew like absolutely nothing, negative things about money. Also, so, how did your boyfriend in high school even know what a hedge fund is? That is the uh, that is the second question. Uh, he was what? a yeah, I know a douchebag waiting to happen, which was really funny because he broke <laughs> up with me because I couldn't hang out with his Wall Street friends before I knew anything about business. And uh, then fast oh. forward, like I don't know, five or six years later, his and I was on CNBC anchoring the morning show. All these like Wall Street guys. They wanted to hang out. <laughs> Let's just say I was Burnett L. Woods, like totally laughing last. You know what? He had it coming. He really That's he right. really set himself up for that. He sure did. That's that. right. He really did. But I realized, you know, that once you speak the language, you understand it. Hello, Captain Obvious. You go to Japan, you don't speak Japanese, you're going to be really confused. If you go to Wall Street and you don't speak the language of money, you're going to be really confused until, of course, you speak it. And so that's what I did. I spoke it. Then I spoke it to the world. Uh, then I talked to a lot of old rich white dudes about it on CNBC <laughs> and Bloomberg and you know these business networks with the ticker on the bottom. And I realized that the audience that I really wanted to be speaking to was my former self, uh, that girl mm. who was super clueless and super scared and wore like Mac pads under my blazers on the floor of the Chicago Merc, which I thought was a mall when I first started covering business because I was so scared. I felt like I was going to break out in hives every single day. And, uh, you know, because it was a whole foreign language. And so I wanted to yeah. approach it differently without the jargon. I love that. Thank you. I think that resonates with me especially because I think part of what Rourke and I do, I won't speak for her, but I know part of what I do is speak to my former self about yeah. the things that I wish I had known in my, you know, teenage years, early 20s about dating and communication. So that that really resonates with me. Good. Oh, well, I'm so glad because truly, truly, if I could do it, anyone can. A lot of people think they, you know, don't have enough money to start or they don't know math. Like I started, sister, as a poetry major. <laughs> like wow. I did not study economics. I didn't work at a bank. I didn't get my MBA. I was so shameful about this type of stuff. Now I wear it as a badge of honor because I'm like, hell yeah, I didn't get my MBA. I didn't spend a hundred grand on my brain that I went to the School of Hard Knocks for. And yeah, I mean, 
I started as a poetry major. That's all I'll say. So like it's, the math a fifth grader can do. It's the humanities part. It's the relationship part that we're talking about. That's the thing that trips people up the most. Yeah. Should that should be your in your bio and Instagram. Just I started as a poetry major. <laughs> Full stop. That's like that feels like so empowering to be Thank like this you. because I do think that so many people just think because they don't understand it, they won't understand it. That's right. Totally. And I think that, you know, uh, you think you don't have enough money to make money. The truth is you need the most time possible, not the most money. The beautiful force of compound interest uh, that has been used against us in the financial system, it was used against me. I got myself in a boatload of credit card debt once I finally got a credit card. That power you can harness through investing. It's just you have to start. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, today is as good as day as any. Yeah. Never as young as you are today. Today is definitely better than tomorrow. That is for sure. Yeah. I, so that actually kind of transitions just nicely because one of the key points that came up a lot in our questions. So as you know, last week we did an episode with me and Rourke about finances and we talked a lot about early dating and, you know, kind of when you're single and when you're going on dates and as you kind of move further into dating, something that came up a lot in the questions we got from listeners was starting to have conversations about it. Like, when do you start to have conversations about it? And I, I love that you gave the example that you used to be in a lot of credit card debt because we know from an episode that we did on the Patreon that this is something that a lot of our listeners resonate with, that maybe they're in that situation or they used to be and there's like you said, there's a lot of shame around it. So much shame. Uh, and financial infidelity is so real. Tell me more about what do you how do you define financial infidelity? Financial infidelity is like hiding debt or hiding mm. the fact that you owe somebody money or being disingenuous about money in some way. I, you know, that's being dishonest as yeah, cheating physically or emotionally also is interesting. So, so let's say you're one of those people that is in that situation. You have a lot of debt, whether it's credit card debt or student loans or you know anything like that. How do you approach those topics and those subjects with somebody that you're dating? I think this is the last taboo we have as a society. Uh, yeah. You have broken through a lot of taboos around relationship and sex. Uh, politics is certainly not taboo anymore. And I think this one is so loaded that if you want to have the conversation, you have to go first. Like any hard conversation, somebody's got to go first. And as soon as you do, you give other people license to open up about their own things. But if you want to talk about it, I always say, go first. Yeah, that sounds a lot like our advice that we give about when people want somebody to be in a relationship with them, like when they have the quote unquote DTR conversation. Yeah. So many people will will call it the what are we conversation because they're intending on just asking the other person like, well, what are we and where is this going? And we're always like, why are you putting it all on them Smart. to be vulnerable? Smart. You have to figure it out first, right? Yeah. You know, like my father died of a drug overdose, for instance. That's real heavy. And as soon as I say something like that, all of a sudden people open up about their crazy dark stories or their crazy families or, you know, their experiences with drug abuse or whatever. And I would have never known that had I not just opened up 
And yeah. that's how I treat finance. That's how I've done it in all my books. Um, and on my show, I go first. Like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours or don't even show your me yours. Uh, because you kind of can't. Yeah, I'll just show you mine. As long yeah. as you show yourself yours. And that's the thing. Like, the only problem you can't fix is the one you don't admit you have, especially mm. with finances. So the only financial problem that's unfigureoutable or unfixable is the one you don't admit to yourself. Everything else we can handle. Yeah. By the way, Dead Dad Club on this podcast right now. (sighs) Cancer, not drug overdose, but I'm very sorry to hear that on your end as well. Thank you. But – and I have experienced that same – like when you said that, I actually got chills when you Mm -hmm. said that like when you reveal that, it like gives people permission to tell their stuff. I have experienced that very same thing. Now we're on a whole different topic, but. um. The vulnerability, right? And like money is so vulnerable to so many people. There's so much tied up into money. It's not just the numbers in your bank account. You know, people associate their worth with money. And by the way, if you do, then that's on you. I personally don't associate my worth with money. I associate my riches with friends and relationships and other things. So when I suggest to talk about your salaries and to go first, because this is the important way that we can all negotiate, it's like pricing your house if you don't know the comp of the area. How are we negotiating for our salaries or jobs if we don't know what our friends or our peer groups are making or our significant other? So the way to yeah. do that is to go first and then You know, also understand that this is not a judgment on you. That is your own thing that you're layering on top of that. You know, when people are scared, they think that it's because, you know, they're not making enough. uh, So somebody will think less of them. Uh, You know, money is a mindfuck in both ways. It's a mindfuck when you have money. It's a mindfuck when you don't have money. You're embarrassed when you don't have money. You're embarrassed when you do have money. So I, it's so funny that you say that because we got, so we got, more honestly, actually, I think this might be one of the most questions we've ever received for a topic wow. was about this. And which just I think really goes to show how taboo of a topic it is because it's like people are like, oh my God, we can never talk about this. We're gonna talk about this. Yeah. There's pent but, up demand. Yes, fully. But so many of the questions were about being ashamed of how much money somebody makes. And most of our audience, 95% of our audience are women, also, just to kind of give you that context. Most so many of the questions were about being ashamed of how much they make, but it was 50-50 on whether they were ashamed that they make a lot or ashamed oh. that they don't make very much. So interesting. And that tracks too. Listen, money is a tool. Money can be used like a hammer to build a house or to tear it down, like superpowers for good or for evil. It's how you use it and how you view it that assigns it meaning. To me, money without meaning is just paper or numbers in your bank account. Literally is. But I think the biggest enemy is between our ears on this one. Mm. Truly, it's not the math. It's not anything else. It's not these other stories you're telling yourself. It's, It's what you have layered onto it. And we've all had financial trauma. So, you know, I talk in my last book, Miss Independent, about bailing my mother out of jail when I was in middle school with cash underneath the sink behind the maxi pads. Like, I'll never forget those wads of cash. So my financial trauma, you know, it's not, trauma is not a competition, but we all have it, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our friend group, our friends have a bunch of debt or they hide 
packages from their significant other. Like that all gets into us through financial osmosis or even on the macroeconomic sense. If we, you know, lived through the housing crisis, my family's house was foreclosed on, you know, that affects how I view housing, Um, you know, through a pandemic or through a stock market crashes, all of this stuff affects us. And I think it's really important as, you know, you put a ring on yourself, as you know, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself, whether you have a ring on the other hand or not. I bought myself a right-handed wedding ring to prove that. And I love that. Yeah, I think that, you know, getting to a point where you can say just because it's been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the way it needs to be done. And I get to choose. And there's no financial gospel. You know, I've been told, don't buy a latte, buy a house. But if you want to buy a latte and rent, the financial gods will not come down and get you. It's yeah. like, also, you know, show me a $5 house and I will gladly buy the house okay. instead of the latte. Hell yeah. You, I will buy two. We'll buy the whole block. <laughs> yeah, truly. I say this also, I'm closing on a condo tomorrow <gasps> for the first time ever. And I'm like, did I just do this? Yay! Cheers. Um, thank with my, you. With I mean, my latte. <laughs> I, yeah, with your latte. I'm excited about it. But at the same time, I'm like, ooh, this is new. This is different. Um, so going back to the people who are, you know, kind of have that shame surrounding either making a lot less than someone they're dating or making a lot more than someone they're dating, I know it's sort of like all mental, like you said, but like what what can they do to kind of try to start breaking out of that? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's really about figuring out what you assign value to. And by the way, you can assign value to money and power and these things. I think the most frustrating thing to me is that when people are just dishonest with themselves about what their values are. If you value money and success and, you know, things that are sort of like, look down upon in society as things you shouldn't say you value, but secretly you do, then own that. Like, then you should optimize for that. Otherwise, you're going to be unhappy. So don't say you're optimizing for charity and, you know, like saving puppies or whatever. Whatever whatever you think people want to hear. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's your one life. You're the only one that has to wake up into it. And so when it comes to money, you need to do your own work. I think there's IQ, of course. Uh, there's EQ. Uh, and I think there's FQ, so financial intelligence. And it's really hard, as you know, to change your IQ. It's really in your reach to change your EQ by doing, you know, whatever practices and yeah, steps. Work, yeah. And it's also within your power to change your FQ. And your financial intelligence. And that's that's work that, you know, we all come to at different places in our lives. And by the way, just because it's been done some certain way or you want to follow the way your parents did it or your friend did it, that's fine. But it's that moment that I think is really important. Like when I became a vegetarian, I think I was 12 and I asked myself, I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but I was like, self, do I like meat? And the answer was no. But by the way, the answer could have been yes. And it's making that conscious choice in that gap, in that space where you decide, yeah, okay, well, I, yes, I, I do like me. I'm going to continue the way it's been done or do something different. Or not. That's right. Yeah. I think 
as we think about, you know, so somebody who has, let's say, you know, they're optimizing for money or they're optimizing for wealth or whatever it is, and they're worried about kind of where they're at and thinking like, well, will this be a red flag because I'm not in a certain place? For me, and I think you're right that FQ, I love that term, Thank you. is really within reach to change. For me, I think the red flag is somebody that is either like doesn't care or is like doesn't know what they – or like I guess you don't need – what am I – how am I even trying to say this? I'm like not doing a good job of the sentence. Don't talk about my I new think friend for like me, that. You're doing a great job. I, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, for me, I think the bigger red flag is somebody who doesn't care about mm. their FQ, doesn't care about their financial health. So it's not so much like do they have debt yep. or do they have a bad credit score because something happened. It's more like what's the plan now? Yes. I think you're spot on because a lot of these things are fixable. I wasn't going to be in debt forever. That was fixable. You know, I had a crappy credit score. That's fixable. All these things are fixable if you're honest with yourself. So I'd go a step further and say uh, not caring about it is a red flag. And also being not having self-awareness about it is a red flag. Mm. Yeah. So on that note... We're, you know, talking about credit scores, talking about, you know, what you can do to kind of work on your financial health. We did a financial-related Weird or Nah this week for our audience. Yeah. And so this week's Weird or Nah, we ask our audience, you know, do you think this thing is Weird or Nah? This week's Weird or Nah was they ask you for your credit score. And we specified when we asked them this that this is when you're in a relationship but before you're married. No. Nah. I'm guessing, yeah, I was going to say, I'm guessing you think it's not <laughs> Hard weird. Hard nah. Hard nah. I think Hard it's so nah, important. Nah. I'm assuming that people thought, more people than not thought it was weird, though. That was my assumption going in, that people were going to think this was very weird. And I was pleasantly surprised that mm. our listeners actually don't think it's weird. Go finding Mr. Height listeners. Go finding Mr. Height listeners. Go little rock stars, they say on TikTok. So our listeners were 36% weird and 73% nah. So like okay, I could work mostly with nah. Or 63, 36, 63. Sorry, that math does not check. 36, 63. So 36 thought it was weird. Yep. And 63% said it was nah. So the good majority. And then there's and- 1% with they're just like. Oh yeah, I screwed that up. <laughs> well, you get that. You get the idea. I don't have it in front of me. This is what happens when I don't when I don't have my notes in front of me. No, this is good. This is um, this is workable. I, I I'm here for totally. it. I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of the people. So after they vote, we ask them why. And a lot of the people who said weird were kind of just questioning two things. One, when is this conversation happening? Like, mm. are we on our first date? And he's like, "What's your credit score?" Yeah. Which might be maybe, weird. Maybe we I think that could be weird. I think I would definitely fair. find that weird. I would definitely find that weird. Mostly because I don't know if you are if if you are somebody that that's going to matter. Yeah. I think that that's too soon. Very in my in my book. So somewhere in between the first date and marriage. Um That's right. It becomes it, not weird. Definitely before marriage. So on that note, when do you think – and let's expand it beyond credit score as well and, you know, talk more about kind of just financial health because the other – what I wanted – what I meant to mention, the second reason largely that people thought it was – that 
it was weird is that credit score is not the whole story. Hmm. Okay. That's that's evolved. That's nuanced. And it's not the full story. And it's fixable. The The biggest component to your credit score is your payment history. So hmm. literally paying your bills on time and making sure that everything is on automatic payment can improve your credit score actually relatively quickly. There's a lot of ways to improve your credit score. So I like that answer of why it could be weird. But that's saying that you are interested in a bigger financial picture, which is even better. Yeah. So when on the scale of first date to marriage, first date definitely being too early and marriage being too late, where are we starting to talk about financial health, financial goals? I think when you're talking about moving in together. Mm. Because now your finances will actually be linked. So that is, I don't think you should move in with somebody without having a conversation, a really honest conversation about what you're making, what your financial goals are. And by the way, this is not like a conversation that you're sitting at the table with like papers and 401k forms and calculators and like this is not school you can get a glass of wine you say hey baby like what are your financial goals because really what you're getting at Talk is finances to me you know yeah, exactly i like whatever <laughs> you want to do to spice that conversation up it doesn't have to be like this you know uh crazy scary like you know, numbers driven, you know, whatever you are envisioning. It can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, you can wear lingerie. I don't care. You like it's done, <laughs> you go crazy with your financial talk. Cause I think that talk changes uh as your relationship grows, by the way. So when you mm. get married and when you have kids, like you need to start talking about wills and advanced directives and things that are not fun and sexy in nature, but are important and are a part of life. So I think framing these conversations doesn't have to be like, what's your credit score? Like with the flashlight in your face, like where were you the night of like January 2nd, whatever. <laughs> no, it's like, hey, baby, you know, I'd love to, you know, talk about what our financial goals are, what our goals are. It doesn't even need to be financial goals. Like, what are the kind of career goals you have? What what do you envision for travel? What do you envision from your life? All these goals have price tags, right? Mm. And so you, first you figure out the goal and then you figure out the price tag. So what happens? I love that approach. What happens if you discover through this conversation that you have different financial goals or financial approaches? So, you know, in broad strokes, a spender versus a saver for example. And that's not a breaker, by the way. You don't need the same financial habits. They just need to be compatible. So I like to break down goals into the three Fs primarily. I added another F word because I do love F words. Uh, as love, we love an F bomb around here. <laughs> so family, finance, fun. And then I added fitness, which is mental fitness and physical fitness. Um, and, and I think that when I say compatible, you can't have a finance or career goal being, uh, uh, you know, an emergency room doctor and having a family goal as being a stay-at-home mom. 
Like those aren't compatible. You can't have a fun goal of saying, I want to fly private around the world. And your career finance goal is that you want to be a preschool teacher. I wish preschool teachers made more money, but that's not compatible. And they need to be compatible with your partner too. So spenders and savers can work together, uh, you know, with the right guardrails and boundaries. I've had lots of interventions with these types of couples and it is figure outable if you you know can figure out a system between y'all that works and not everybody's system is the same and not every relationship of course is the same but again the only problems and discrepancies that you can't fix are the ones you ignore don't admit you have so at least knowing how you approach financial issues that's where you can start figuring out whether that's workable or not. But first you have to get there. Right. And then, so as you're getting there and thinking about, you know, moving in together, having that conversation, how do you approach sharing finances or not? I like the yours, mine, and our approach where the our account would be a weighted amount of your salary. So let's say 10% for easy math that you put in to pay household bills. Let's say yeah. again for easy math, one person makes 100 grand a year, so that would be $10,000 that they put in. Another person uh makes a million dollars and that would be $100,000 they put in, right? So that yeah. to but to the person that makes a million bucks, that feels similarly to the person that makes $100,000 with those amounts. Those feel like relatively equal, even though they're not financially like that dollar amount isn't exactly equal. And in fact, yeah. they're far off. There's not going to be a case, though. This is La La Land where you are going to make the exact same amount as somebody else. It's just not no. It's not a thing. Never going to happen. I mean, maybe it could that- happen, but... Yeah, that'd be that'd be a wild coincidence. And then you're like, oh, well, can't get promoted, or I'm going to make a different number. Then that's yeah, you know. it fluctuates. And your you know your career. I like to think of the uh, imagery more like rock climbing or like a rope swing than a ladder. You know, so it's a like- lot of different permutations in your life. And as your life gets more complicated, this stuff changes, and people lose their jobs, and you know, crap happens. So I think setting up that system is a good place to start. Yeah, I think having a a consistent approach like that, I think has helped me think about things like that in the past. I, mean, I have never lived with somebody, but I think having that, okay, well, this hours account is going to be, this is how we're approaching it. Yeah. It's a logical approach where like I'm doing this percent, we're both doing this percent rather, and yeah. therefore this is the nominal amount that we're both putting in. I think could take some of the like wishy-washiness out of, oh, I'm contributing less than he is, or they're contributing more than me or less than me. Or it's like, no, this is the formula that we decided on and it's a formula. Yes. And that's, I think, what takes some of the ick out of this is, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not as as squishy and woo-woo. It's, it's like, okay, we have a plan. Anything overwhelming is easier 
broken down in baby steps and then having those steps broken down in even more baby steps. All my books are 12 step plans because, of course, you know, of the rehab idea and the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem, which I think is totally true in the finance world. But also because of this idea that to me, finance was always really overwhelming. And the only way to tackle these overwhelming topics, especially finance, is to break it down. And so, yeah. Yeah, it it's not it doesn't have to like you don't have to read into all this stuff. If you set up this plan and this rule and you stick to it and then you move on. Yeah. I I think that's great. You don't need to have and this conversation every day. Like revisit it once a year. And that's the that's the part that I think appeals to me that it becomes like a set it and forget it type of thing. You maybe you have like you said once a year, maybe you have some sort of built-in cadence. Check in. But yeah. it's not something that you're constantly thinking about of, you know, how much am I spending? How much are they spending? I know it, in preparation for this, Rourke had mentioned to me this TikTok that she saw and she sent me where this one person who posted the TikTok was noticing that somebody else was Venmoing her, requesting her boyfriend for like half of dinner, half of lunch, half of – and saying it was very cringe. And to me, it was like, well, if that's the system that they've worked out, yeah, great. That's not the system I want, but if that's their system, I, no, great. That seems that seems very overwhelming to me, like to constantly be keeping track of every single thing each of y'all are spending and yeah. then settling up. Yeah. I, I, but if it works for them. I can't imagine. Great. Yes. Yeah. For me, I feel like it makes a lot more sense to just have that overarching conversation and then go from there. But Sort of this happened to me in the past, and I'm curious to get your take on it as we think about like splitting expenses, but before you live together. Hmm. So I've taken a couple trips with ex-boyfriends, and in one case in particular, he made a lot less than I did at the time he was a student. So he made literally nothing. Um, and however, he could afford his half of the vacation that we were going to take. Okay. But how do you approach that in terms of like couples trips? Should it also be commensurate with how much each of you makes or like should, is it assumed that you're splitting it? Like how do you have that conversation? Well, it's by having that conversation in advance before you go. Oh, God. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you didn't get this buttoned up before you got on a plane. So we did. Oh, okay, good. But we did. We and what did we you decide? So we split it 50-50. Okay. But because he really wanted to. Okay. Um, And so that was fine. But I could tell while we were there that it was stressing him out. I see. That the overall tally that he yeah. wanted to like, you know, not get a refill of the iced tea because. Whatever. Yeah. Like I could tell that it was stressing him out, but I knew that it was his desire to go 50-50 with me on this trip and it would have he would have felt really uncomfortable if I had at any point been like I'm going to buy this meal or I'm going to do this thing it, it was just All I'm going to say is like you're not his mama so like uh, taking right. on you're his right, you're dress right. <laughs> is not your problem it's like not your not your circus not your monkeys right what's the saying I love that phrase not my circus <laughs> not my monkeys I love that phrase no, you're right. And I and honestly something that I hindsight a lot about that particular relationship is that I did take on a lot of his stress. Yeah. And like a lot he's of a grown ass man, anxieties. hopefully, or kind of. Or yes. He was like just just to be super clear, he was a grown ass man. Yeah. 
And he made that decision and he wanted to go 50-50. And if you want to change that decision, then you could put your big boy pants on and have another conversation about it. And not. Yeah, no, you're right. But, but like, his yeah, and I think isn't yours. No, you're, you're so right. It's just easier said than done. You know, it's easier. that, And that's totally. true outside of dating too. Like the not my circus, not my monkeys thing is the one of the reasons it's my favorite phrases is because I am so bad at internalizing it. A lot I'm of so women in particular it. are. Yeah. Yeah. Like people pleasers and like I'm trying yeah. to keep the peace and trying to make sure everybody's happy in the situation and even if it's none of my business. But where did you guys go? I assume it's on a plane. No, actually it wasn't. We went oh, okay. uh, down the shore. It was like a beach trip. Okay. Well, if you had progressed in that relationship, maybe you took a plane together. They don't say put your oxygen mask on first on the plane just for funsies mm. to waste time before takeoff. Mm-hmm. It's totally true. You cannot be of service to anyone else if you're crashing and burning yourself. And that comes it's with so all different kinds of relationships. Uh, you know, and so that yeah, that's again part of your journey and part of like prioritizing yourself and your own well-being before the feelings of a man child <laughs> sorry no I mean, you're you're absolutely right <laughs> listeners are probably trying to guess in their heads who i'm talking about and if you're guessing you're probably correct listeners <laughs> um based on what i've said about different people i've dated in the past um but no and the, but honestly that is a lot of the genesis of not even just this podcast but my account pre prior to the podcast in general is like me coming to that realization yeah of you know it's owning a journey. my own shit that's and right not anybody else's that's right and you'll approach the next relationship differently hopefully and if not that's okay you know it's not it's like the stock market it trends up but there's a lot of little like ups and downs along the way and so a couple so steps forward a couple steps back but i think you're trending you're learning and that's what it's all about, learning and growing, yeah. rinse and repeat. Absolutely. Um, okay. I have a very specific question that I promise is not personally driven. This was submitted by a listener. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Asking for a friend, but I actually am. What would you suggest somebody does if one person in the relationship owns their home, apartment, whatever, whatever you want, and the other person who was previously renting is moving in? How would you suggest approaching the household expenses? Well, that depends if they want to split the mortgage or maybe it's a conversation about putting your name on the mortgage or or the deed or whatever you have set up for your house, Um, you know, for your own security. If something happens, you know, if you're contributing to somebody else's mortgage and y'all break up and you're out like that that's not fair that doesn't work so i like to fast yeah. forward the videotape i'm old when we used to have videotapes <laughs> oh so i'm with you fast forward the whatever mp3 4 i don't know anyway just think of these worst case scenarios and by the way not to get too woo woo but i really believe in the stoicism philosophy that applies to money in a lot of different aspects. I think we suffer more in imagination than in reality. And a lot of these things are way more stressful in how we imagine them to play out than they actually are when you confront them and deal with it. 
And this is one of those times. So keep in mind, you know, what could happen. I think people are getting together, moving in together, getting married much later. I certainly am. Uh, And you have your own assets. You also have your own liabilities. And not everything is rainbows and butterflies. And I hope like at that point you're over the Disney movie situation and know that a bunch of weird crap happens and that you should always protect yourself. You know, not only put your oxygen mask on first, but have your own back first. So I think those are really important things to think about. There are different ways that you can approach it with mortgage, no mortgage, being putting your name on or not. And also whose uh, name the bills are under, because if they're under that person's name, then you're not accumulating a good payment history, which we talked about is a contributor to a good credit score. So you're missing out on that opportunity Uh, if they're under your name, but they're not getting paid for some reason, I've seen it all, Uh, then your credit is screwed if you guys break up. So I would just go in with some of those things in mind. Yeah. I mean, I've even seen that happen with friends and roommates where like the electricity bill is under one roommate's name and other roommates are not contributing their amount. And now I have this overdue bill on my name because it has to be under someone's name. That's right. And of course, it's a woman because they're, we're all people pleasers and we all want to nurture and take care of the things. Yeah. Well, it's also often the person who's just like generally the most organized and responsible because they're the ones who are like, everybody, we need electricity. <laughs> and that, so it just kind of like feeds itself. <laughs> True story. Yes. Electricity. Um, important. But uh, also- Electricity. Really important. <laughs> having your own financial back. Important too. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I think I know the answer to what you're going to say, but how do you feel about prenups? Love. Love a prenup. I love a good prenup. Um, I am engaged and I- Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So excited to have this prenup conversation. We've already started. Um, And I have my own prepared. So I get really frustrated when women in particular come to me and say, oh, he wants me to sign a prenup, blah, blah, blah. No, bitch, take that conversation back and own it. You have your own assets that you've worked for. By the way, debt you need to take into consideration. If that person has debt, you don't want that debt. If you worked really hard to get yourself out of debt. By the way, there are greater breakers that we have or filters on dating apps. I think that debt and credit scores should be one of them. That's a different conversation. But, you know, there is nothing wrong with saying this doesn't work for you because it has to do with finances. That's totally, we have way more arbitrary breakers, whether he's 5'8 or 5'9. Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but that's less important than if they have a bunch of debt or not. Yeah. So I would would agree on that. I am six feet tall. So that, that like, that's where the name of this podcast comes in. It's like not actually, it's about like, Rourke is also tall. It's about our heights. We're like Miss Height looking for our mysteries. (laughs) Um, But I fully agree with you that, that, that would be, that is a way bigger issue yeah. Than somebody's height. Um, I I somehow have made it onto prenup talk on TikTok. Huh. I don't know Maybe how I've ended up there. I I am cool. I am single. I am not I am in no way thinking about a prenup. This was actually before this conversation even started huh. happening with this episode. I've I made it my made my way onto prenup TikTok. And I've been loving it because there are a lot of lawyers, most of them women. Yeah talking about taking back that conversation, like you said, of just because 
in most of the situations that they're talking about, it is a man who currently has more money mm-hmm. asking a woman who currently does not. And I'm saying currently on purpose because I think Sorry. one of the things people don't think about with prenups is that the where where you're at now could change wildly. Totally. And that you could all someone could be in no debt now and decide to do something real dumb down the road and get in a ton of debt. And your prenup could protect you from having to deal with that. That's right. Even if you were married when it happened. That's right. But anyway. thing is that if you don't have one, the state decides what happens when you get divorced. Right. And I I don't want anybody to decide what happens, much less California. I also learned, and this is – I'm going to – preface this by saying it is something that I learned on TikTok and did not research further after that because it doesn't apply to me. I'm curious if you've heard this. A lawyer on TikTok told me, oh my god. <laughs> what is life now? Rourke would be so Rourke is a lawyer, she would be dying if she heard me say a lawyer on TikTok told me. But a lawyer on TikTok told me that in many states, I don't know if this is true in all states, but it is in the state that she practices in that that if somebody if somebody is coming to you with a prenup that they want you to sign, that it is well within your right slash commonplace to ask for them to pay for your legal representation if you can't afford that in order to have your own legal representation yeah. in the negotiation. Yeah. Why not? And that, that, that never even would have occurred to me to be like, hey, you can pay for that fancy pants lawyer. Yep. Pay for one for me. Yep. Everything's negotiable. The one yeah. thing that anyone can say in this situation or negotiating your bills is no. Is no, exactly. And so but I that think, just like never would have occurred to me. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, it, it's not something most folks think about on the regular, even in the depths of TikTok. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's part of the overall theme of, of taking back this conversation and not being like a victim of the conversation, but mm. being more empowered in that conversation, whatever it is, even if you don't have your own things to protect or whatever. Um, I think that we just have to change this narrative that it's this like thing that some guy wants us to sign. And like, you know, it's, it, it's just comes from such a place of weakness. And I yeah. hope that, I hope that somebody listening to this uh, changes their perspective on it. And rethinks how they approach it, even if they're not approaching it, but just generally how you think about it. Um, And it's so often just been like the idea of this rich dude making this woman like, you know, have a whatever this percentage or that percentage. And like they're they're hoping to stay longer to get more money. No, it's just it's an important narrative to change if we also want to close that gender wage gap and wealth gap. Yeah, which we do. Spoiler yes. alert. Um, I I saw it phrased really wonderfully, I thought, where somebody said that – because I think a lot of the narrative that surrounds prenups is that it takes the romance out of it. Yeah. That like, I'm not marrying you for that. I'm marrying you for love. And how how why would you want to talk about divorce when we're getting married? Why are you thinking we might get divorced? And the way that this person framed it, again on TikTok, is that – Having that in place enables us to, if we encounter troubles, enables us to focus on saving our marriage or focus on us and mm. our love rather than this other stuff because yeah. that is done and dusted. Yep. I, I think that's a really good way to to think about that. Um, 
I think that it's an insurance policy. Like you don't want to use your auto insurance because you don't want to get into an accident, but you have it. Totally. You yeah. Know. It's not like you're like, oh, why would I buy insurance? That's just expecting myself to crash. Like nobody would say exactly. that. They would. They just get the insurance. That's right. This is just insurance. You never want to use it. It's there. A lot of, you know, folks that are friends or clients or whatever have thrown it in the fireplace after they've signed it and it's done. Like you're not sitting there reading your prenup to each other like <laughs> over wine. It's Right. <laughs> It's a thing you take care of uh, because you're the, the bumps that you talk about are inevitable. Like, if you're going into a marriage thinking there's not going to be problems, like, we have that's more problem. problems. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the problem. And you actually already encountered the problem. That's right. Just jokes that's on right. you. That's right. That's right. And especially if you have kids or if you have complicated situations, you know, again, just protect yourself. Always. It could, you know, you could die together notebook style and cute and, you know, uh, yay. That's the goal, right? Yay. Yeah. Yay. And that's not taking away from that goal. No, I totally agree. And there's some stuff that, like, for instance, my fiance um, is a co-founder of a company and they get, like, board seats and whatever. There's stuff yeah. that, like, you need to, like, I don't want his fucking board seats. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool like you need to do that for investors or whatever fantastic like where do I Great. sign I think it's just taking the emotion out of it in the same way as like you know you come up with that rule of when you're splitting things it's not that deep I think no I I love that perspective um and I think our listeners are going to too and Nicole this has just been such an amazing conversation thank you, thank you. Yeah. So before we sign off, can you remind our listeners where to find you and all of your amazing advice? Thank you. Uh, you can find me uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Money Rehab is a daily show where we talk about this type of stuff. Um, and we talk about financial business news of the day and break that down in real English the way we're talking right now. And you can find my books wherever you buy your books. I have a bunch of them and I have six more coming. Like I haven't birthed a human child, but I have birthed many book babies. You have six more books coming? Yeah, for a total of 10. I tell my book agent all the time. I'm like, I got to tie my book tubes or like take book birth control. I don't know where to find that. But like, uh, mom, wow. I say this every time and then. And then but you know, you there's again. this space that I really think there was a void in talking about this subject not in a scary way and that has resonated and every story I think goes back to money and it's not just yeah about looking at stock charts all day long I don't I said it and forget it we can talk about that another time but all of this stuff is like a one usually um a year or, or at a certain interval and then you move on and then you're done but it touches everything yeah. it's getting your friend to pay you back that's really stressful and scary. It's having these conversations that are stressful and scary. And so, you know, I think that uh, if you want to get to the heart of any story, you follow the money trail. And that's what I try to do. I love that. Well, thank you again for joining us. And I know Rourke was super sad to miss this, um, but we really appreciate you making the time for us. She's watching uh, lawyers on TikTok right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's like, I can't make it. I'm, I'm deep in lawyer TikTok. Maybe she's making her own lawyer TikTok. Who knows? Yeah. Get it, girl. All right. Well, 
Thanks, Nicole. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you.